Welcome to Panel Breakouts, mini-episodes between Unstable Molecules podcasts, which take a quick peek at early Marvel comics and comic history. I'm Gary Hollingsby, and I've been looking at the comics that fed into the Marvel style and launched its superhero universe in the early 1960s. From the early 1940s, Goodman's Comic Company, timely, later to be called Atlas, published a number of funny comics which appealed to a pre-teen and young teen audience. In countless interviews and his autobiography, Excelsior, Stanley talked about the way that Goodman would flood the market with whatever genre was popular at the time. Um, in, in the autobiography it says, um, Goodman, at a later date, say, the funny animal books are doing well. So we'd switch to funny animal books. It went on and on. Every few months, a new trend, and we'd be right there, faithfully following each one. I hated that word, following. Even though it was a good job and I enjoyed working with all the artists and the other writers, it really wasn't creatively fulfilling. I felt that we were in a company of copycats. We'd see what type of comics were selling well and then we'd flood the market with new titles in that same vein. One of the genres that all comic publishers produced at the time were animal funnies. Anthropomorphic talking animals in human situations who wore clothes and walked and talked like people. And funny animal comic strips were among the earliest genres of American comic books. There was a, a Peter Rabbit comic strip by Thornton Burgess in 1910. Crazy Cat, of course, a very popular, well-known um, comic strip by George Harriman, debuted in 1913. In 1916, you got um, Don Marquis, who created Archie and, uh, and Mahitabel, um, which is about a cockroach and a cat. 1919 saw the first Felix the Cat cartoon. And animated animal shorts were incredibly popular in the 1930s in series like Disney's Silly Symphonies and Warner's Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies. And to be honest, most of the Hollywood studios produced similar series. And today these would be called Toons um, after the sort of Roger Rabbit, um, who framed Roger Rabbit um, movie. But in the 1930s onwards, they were, they were called Animal Funnies. 1941, Animal Comics, the comic Animal Comics, was published by Dell, who also went on to publish D- Disney Comics. And the first Animal Comics featured a character, the main character it featured was Pogo the Possum. And in 1942, Timely began publishing funny animal comics. Um, and one of the, the, the main um creators involved in that was Paul Terry who went on to um, create Mighty Mouse and I think um, Marvel or or, um, Timely at the time even published a short run of Mighty Mouse comics. Fawcett Comics followed Timely in producing um, Funny Animals comic um, and then Nationals quite a bit later with Animal Antics in 1946. Now the early years of TV um, which recirculated the old theatrical shorts, um, encouraged a new wave of TV cartoons, which started with Crusader Rabbit, an almost forgotten um, cartoon character in 1950. And cashing in on the popularity of these reruns of animations and new TV animations, um, the, the comic companies really began to exploit this market with comics based on the programmes and based on um, characters and also creating their own characters. Now among timely 
Timeless Funny Animal comics was what appeared to have been um, a special fondness for duck characters. And in the mid-1940s, the company, under the editorship of Vince Vago, published Dopey Duck, who later gets called Wacky Duck, um, and then Wonder Duck, which later became um, a title, uh, became a series called It's a Duck's Life in 1949, and then Buck Duck in 1953, before um, Dippy Duck in 1958. And again, after this gap in the 1970s, this duck fetish manifests itself in the form of Steve Gerber's Howard the Duck. Now, I can't explain why funny ducks have been particularly popular. Remember, Donald Duck um, first appeared in 1934 and then Daffy in 1937. And the the, the character of a a funny duck um, is incredibly popular. Dippy Duck was the last of Timely Atlas's funny animal funnies with a cover date of October 1957. It's scripted by um, Stan Lee and drawn by um, Joe Manili. And it was one of Joe Manili's last books before um, his his untimely death. Um, it was also the last of the comics to bear the Atlas logo. Um, and after that, the comics went relatively unbranded. It had a, a little IND um, in, in, in one of the top corners. Um until it fully adopted the Marvel name in the early 60s. Now, like Donald, Dippy Duck wears a jacket and a bow tie. Um, He's incredibly scatterbrained and easily duped. He's not bad-tempered like Donald or or Daffy. Um, But like those characters, his world is full of other animals. Um, So we get um, Bingo the Cheating Rabbit, Dolly Duck, who's his girlfriend. We get... Um, cops and robbers who are dogs, um, very similar to the, the, the sort of Walt Disney type dogs. And we get this character of Growler, um, who's a tough as nails, blue collar dog, a uh, blue collar dog. Now, most of the stories are simple one page gags which show off how much of an idiot Dippy is. Um, they're essentially one gag, um, stories. There are longer stories, a couple of longer ones, which I think are three or four pages, um, and they play out incidents like um, uh, Dippy Duck taking Dolly out for a meal um, and bumping into um, into Bingo, the, the cheating rabbit. Um, but they, they also really are a series of very short gags that have a then a final payoff gag. There's the longer ones, the stories in the longer ones are really sort of old worn out stories so there's the the taking dolly out for for dinner but there's also a story where which i think is is a replay of um the same story that we see in homer the happy ghost in which um a robber um an escaped convict is on the loose who breaks into dippy's house and takes him hostage um and it ends more or less the same way where he's he's beaten by dippy um a sort of an unsuspecting dippy um, and then the police come and, and grab the, the 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 escaped convict. There's also a backup story in this this only issue of um, Dippy Duck in October 1957 called Spunky the Monkey, which is about an unpleasant child monkey who doesn't want a birthday party. Makes it very clear to his parents doesn't want a birthday party. Makes their life a misery. And then after a visit to the bakery about um, a birthday cake. Um, 
he moans about their parent his parents cancelling the, the party it's another Dennis the Menace type character although it's a monkey um, although it's closer to the, the, the horrendous Melvin the Monster characters published a year or so earlier um, by Liam Manili it also became um, Melvin the Monster becomes a, a comic called um, Dexter the Demon you know, about very unpleasant naughty boys there's not a great deal to recommend about Dippy Duck or any of the Timely or Atlas funny animal comics other than to see them as a sort of historical comic the type of thing that Stan Lee was um, was either editing or writing for um, in the 50s um, and, and as I said the, sort of the, the developing sense of irreverent wacky humour that would manifest itself in the early superhero comics of the 60s and certainly Joe Manili who was um, the Jack Kirby of the, the of the Atlas era he was utterly wasted producing a comic like Dippy Duck. Now it could be that he enjoyed um, the you know producing these funny animal comics. Um, could be that um, they were they were quick to quick to draw and um, and he got paid more for doing them. Um, I don't know, but um, for for an artist of 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 Manili's um, utter um, genius and talent. Um, Dippy Duck is just is an is an utter waste. 